Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alt Left. This is episode 69. Nice. And uh, we're here to talk about politics. With me, as always, is Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And the good, right, holy, and blessed Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. I just wanted to interject here really quickly and remind everyone that we are still running that special on Quantum Massage. It is two for the price of one. So act now, and uh, we'll get that to you as soon as possible. Uh, actually, since this is starting in kicking off the month of May, uh, Dr. K's Quantum Massage has actually updated their offer, made it even better. It is now two for the price of two. Oh, oh pardon man. me. That is double. Two for the, the price normal. of two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Double yeah. the man, offer. you are, yep. are just giving away the farm here. I don't absolutely. know that we're going to be able to, to do that anymore. Yeah, we no, are, we are the what? crazy our, Gideons of grifters. Yeah. Our listeners deserve it. I, I'm, I'm actually all for this. You know, rub downs at, low, at bargain basement prices, like. Who's all, who, who isn't going to love that? There you heard it yourself, folks. Um, act now. Yeah. Send over the credit card. And you know it's good because, you know, quantum. Email to the Olive Podcast. Well, and we're trustworthy, aren't we? I mean, if you can't trust three white men to handle your money for you, who can you trust? Not like anything has ever gone wrong Never, from that not, before. Not in, uh, nope. anything, I think recorded history once. Just don't yeah, look up 2008. Or, or the rest of history. <laughs> or the 20s. Or most of history. <laughs> or the British East India Company. <laughs> so speaking of old white men who are bad with money, uh, let's talk about everyone's favorite middle-of-the-road punching bag, Joe Yay. fucking Biden. He decided to announce that he was going to have Congress. Of course, you know, this is Ukraine, so blank check for State Department propaganda. We are going to get $33 more billion to support Ukraine. Now remember... None of this is going for medicine or food or building water. So this is literally just for fucking weaponry and cold, hard cash weaponry that we are not tracking, by the way, that are slipping into anybody's hands. Well, that's right. We, we are sending javelin missiles to Ukraine that are completely unaccountable. I mean, how else do you just give away munitions? I mean, you're, you're supposed to track that stuff like, you know, inventory. Yeah, and uh, his quote was, it's not cheap, but caving to aggression is going to be more costly. Which, I have to wonder, like, were you making an analogy, or was that supposed to be a straight fact? Like, in what way would caving to Putin cost more than $33 billion in more aid? Um, I think his pride, mostly. Yeah, yeah, because Putin bad, but uh, I don't see where that brings a bill. Um. In fact, it's funny if you were if you've been watching the news. Uh, Russia has finally decided to kind of counter sanction. They're sort of cutting off gas supplies uh, to anybody who's not willing to pay for it in rubles. Not even straight cutting it off, just saying you have to pay for this in rubles because they're trying to keep their their, currency. Um, yeah. their currency from tanking. Which, by the way, is working. Uh, their currency has jumped right back yeah, up. They, the roof they've lately. managed to stabilize it, which I thought I thought was actually kind of funny as hell because, like, I, I think. Everybody was just all in on like, oh, we're going to fuck their economy and they're managing to keep things going, which is the biggest FU to NATO I can ever think of. This is where I want everyone to take a collective second. And before you jump all over the Internet, call us Russian bots. Why are we cheering on the tanking of a national economy? 
we can say Russian imperialism is bad and Russia is committing brutal acts, but tanking their economy starves people. It kills people. It closes hospitals. Like, it makes people have to choose. Again, we talk, we bitch all the time about, like, people choosing between food and insulin in this country. And we're way better off than your average Russian. So, like, what do you think it's going to do to Grandma Babushka in the wintertime uh, when she's got to choose between heart medicine and keeping the heat on in a Russian winter? Like, how's that going to work out when their economy's tanking and her social support is gone and no one has a job around I mean, her? look how much we freak out when we can't get our hands on graphics cards. Like, the country goes – Or toilet or paper. Toilet like, paper. the country goes insane. And that was just a small taste of what a lot of these countries uh, that we're doing this to go through just every day – 24 7 365 and, and it's just and we cheer it on like it's a good thing but I, I think it goes to what the overall theme we wanted to talk about i think today was nuance and context and the reason it's important in something like this is we can be glad that russia is kind of able to give the finger to the u.s but also recognizing that russia is not a good entity as a country but you know what the people of a country aren't responsible oftentimes for the misdeeds of their elected officials. Like, I mean, especially with people like Putin. I mean, that, that is not like he was constantly getting overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly voted in. His popularity is not that great in the country from what I understand. Like he, he keeps getting in power because yeah, I mean, he controls I mean, everybody in the government. Whose parents should die because Donald Trump right? sucked. Whose kids should die because Joe Biden sucks? Like, is that just where we're at now? If we don't like a foreign leader, we should just, you know, let people fucking die, tank their economy, sanction them from basic necessities of life. It's not like he was like, okay, Russia doesn't get any more explosives or uranium or something like that, which, by the way, they produce. <laughs> um, but, like, we cut them off from trade, which is insanity. There, there's, there's fucking hundreds of millions of people in Russia. And we're just going to say, fuck them. It's their fault. And we're going to make them suffer. You think the oligarchs, they keep talking about, oh, we're going to punish the Russian oligarchs, which, by the way, again, fuck oligarchs. Let's let's kill them. Like, I'm down. Let's fucking guillotine them. And that goes for Russian or American. If you can buy Twitter with the fucking money in your wallet, then maybe, you know, you need a date with the choppy choppy. But the point is, actually, it should, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a joke there I'm missing, fellas. There's got to be some kind of chippity chop. Slap chop guillotine in there. I want this. I I, I know. Where I, yeah, you're I got going, nothing. But, but hey, um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it actually a makes anybody it uh, know what uh, Chris is talking about. Jump on in and send us an email. There is. Yeah, there is. There's got to be a slap chop reference in here. Anyway, the point is, they need a date with the chippity chop. But that's not what we're doing. We're like saying, oh, we don't like Biden's foreign policy. So we're going to punish rich Russians. And it's like, I mean, fine. Like, I'm down for you punishing mean, anyone. Foreign rich. Policy? Whatever. I, I don't like agree. Biden's yeah. <laughs> let's, again, let's punish all oligarchs. I don't care what flag they wave. But this is ridiculous. Like, they're going after, again, this is, remember, Biden's like, I'm a capitalist. Remember, the Democratic Party came out and, and, and waxed poetic and just stroked themselves off on the stage this last election about how they're capitalists. We're not socialists. We're a capitalist party. And here we're like, but eat the rich if they're Russian. Like, shut yeah. the fuck there up. Was you that, love oligarchs. You were the party. There was that oligarchs. one soundbite when there, there was actually, it was a kid, I believe, a teenager of some kind that was talking to Nancy Pelosi. 
uh, about like, you know, kind of the problems inherent in capitalism. And she's like, well, first and foremost, we're capitalists. And it was just like, it was such an indictment of, of why people like Pelosi should not be running the government anymore. They're completely out of touch with the youth and what they want. But that was, that was the one that always sticks in my mind is that soundbite. Not even the youth, man. Millennials are middle aged. I know it's, it's so weird. Half this fucking country thinks socialism isn't a bad word. (sighs) We still can't have it. You know, we are, we are seeing the rise of unions and retail. And I think, that's what I'm loving is we're seeing unions not just rise up in like steel yeah. mills and farms, like the traditional textile, you know, industries. Like we're not seeing it happening in manufacturing and production. We're seeing unions and not super skilled labor like nurses and that kind of thing. Like we're seeing unions rise up at Starbucks retail. and Amazon, man. They're killing it right now. Service centers. It's that, that's because we don't manufacture anything here in the United States hardly anymore. We now, manufacture. We do have we States. do have a no, we do, but but not to the tune of like these giant mega factories like we used to have back in the, you know, 1940s through the 1970s. No, but that's a you good know, thing. That, no, I and I agree with you. That's not <laughs> what I was saying is like, but that idea of like the union was the the car plant that everybody got together to fight the man. And we all look at that as being like a skilled laborer. You know, like or somebody that's on the line and the closest representation we have of that now is the Amazon worker that is in a warehouse on the line packing boxes. Those people that that pee in bottles and that uh, don't get breaks and and all of those kinds of things like those are the people being affected by by unions today. And they should be like those are the people that should be unionizing. Because Absolutely. they're not well, getting a fair shake. And they're the yeah, largest Yeah, that's work the thing. Sectors. We are a service economy. Like, they are – I mean, we – now, Democrats backpedaled on this as soon as they, they could. But, I mean, that's why the big line was about our service employees when all COVID hit. Because they – like, we saw what happened when they were not mm-hmm. able to work. This country came to a fucking halt. Economically, we got crippled. We're just now – we're still trying to recover from that. You know what I mean? And it's just that, and I think that's part of why they're starting to see their worth is part of it is because, you know, we, we spent two years just telling them how much, how needed and important they were. Um, and then do, do, shit, do for shit for them. Um, and then, and they all, but they now got to see what their, what kind of power they have. And I think that's why the things like the great resignation keep ha- are happening and are staying strong is because workers are starting to realize they have value, they have worth. And it's really the people in power that are dependent on us as opposed to us being dependent on yeah. them. Mm-hmm. That is the absolute truth. People are understanding that, that they don't have to continue to work that same dead end job. People are beginning to realize that they can go out and do more and they, that there are jobs available. I think another thing that's coming to light is that even if it's a dead end job, that's fine. It deserves dignity. And that's a oh, new concept. You know, it used to be that, you know, oh, well, working in the food industry. Fine. That's that's fine to get you through college. But then you get a real job and blah, 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 blah. And just all kinds of way to, you know, basically shit on people who have service jobs that we depend on. But it doesn't matter yeah. what you do. You do a job, you perform a task, yeah, you work full time, you deserve a life. Like, I don't care if you're a fucking neurosurgeon or you sweep the floor at Target. It doesn't 
matter. You're a human being who is working. You deserve a house. You deserve food on the table. You deserve health care. You deserve retirement. You deserve fucking human dignity. But the American government doesn't care about that. Not Republicans. No. Not Democrats. They don't actually care. This is why Joe Biden just gave it the same again. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the same fucking thing. All Donald Trump cared about was the stock market. And that's all Joe fucking Biden cares about. I mean, read his Twitter. It is nothing but watching an old man masturbate. That's all we're doing. He's like, oh, I created 16 billion jobs and 42 gazillion dollars. And there's 86 Brazilian more hopeful people. It's the most ridiculous bullshit all the time. And it's just Donald Trump tweets without the caps lock on. And it's self-congratulatory. <laughs> and it's made up fucking nonsense. But that's because he doesn't care about you. The Democratic Party doesn't give a shit if you live or die. You were there to work. You were to wake up. You were to sit down. You were to shut up. You were to do your job. You were to keep the stonk line going and then, you know, die in debt. That is that is the point, and it is going to get worse, and you are not allowed to have an opinion about the worsening economy. You are supposed to clap your hands in glee that jobs came back. Like, oh, hooray, everyone in the neighborhood is an Uber driver and they're dying of medical care lack. And that brings up the other issue, too, is it's not just about jobs. Like I think is there is we have a crippling debt crisis. You know, everyone was told to go to college. People signed up for predatory loans, predatory loans the federal government gave out. For an insanely yeah. inflating college. I mean, the, 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 the juxtaposition of college tuition versus minimum wage, if you look at it at 1960 versus now, is insanity. I think it's, what is it? it's well over 300%, I think. I don't remember what it is. Um, but, I mean, the inflation of it is, is ridiculous. Again, we're not talking about just the inflation of the cost. We're talking about compared to minimum wage. So, okay, so like, so forget yeah, 1970, right? In 71, uh, the average in state tuition and fees for one year at a public nonprofit university was $394. In 2021, uh, that jumped to 10560 And that is an increase of 2,580%. How much has the, the average wage gone up uh, since then? Minimum wage since the 1970 2020 uh, went from a buck 60 to 725 which is an increase of 353%. So minimum wage has increased 353% when college tuition is 2,580%. That doesn't surprise me. Well, to and be there's quite another honest. aspect to this too, and I think you guys will be familiar with this, but it, it's the, the discussions around going to college that were being had when we were coming up. Now you guys were a little bit ahead of me, but I, I think I was on the tail of this. But when we were growing up, all through the 90s, it didn't matter who it was. It was your parents, your teachers, your principals, guidance counselor. The line was always the same. It was go to college. It doesn't matter what you get a degree in, just go to college. And I'm saying this because one of the big talking point lines now from the right, especially, but also from a lot of libertarians and liberals is like, well, you got a, a, a bachelor of arts degree in, in so sociology. What did you expect? Well, we expected that there'd be jobs waiting for us because that was the promise. Nobody, as we were coming up, ever told us, oh, don't get this kind of degree or don't get that kind of degree. In fact, it was the opposite. It was this mad dash to accept whatever loans we had to take and, and just get a degree in something so that we could be competitive in the job market. And then we all graduated with massive amounts of debt 
You know, keep in mind, nobody knew about the, the predatory practices of places like ITT Tech or DeVry or all, any of these uh, technical schools. Nobody knew what scams they were. Yeah, which promised like careers, like, oh, we'll place you in a job and you'll make a exactly. million dollars. They ran on this idea that you were going to get an instant job when you were done. But more than that, they also preyed on people that were trying to get in school after the fact, workers that had lost their jobs because of whatever happened, company things shut down. And they, these people wanted to stay working and knew they had to get a degree to do it. They're like, oh, you can come here after after you work. So these people are going off and getting you know um, minimum wage jobs to support themselves and working at night school only to find out after the fact that the job they're looking for doesn't exist. And this isn't for like jobs like, I mean, I went to, I went to, got a degree in, in graphic design and that was a big thing like for myself, but even the people that were going to school for electrical engineering at ITT Tech were having these troubles. They just couldn't find jobs because the education wasn't there. They, by that point, it, the, the stigma around these schools had developed so hard that nobody wanted people with degrees from these schools. And so, yeah. well, it's an entire generation that was brought up on this lie that all we have to do is go into massive debt for any degree we can think of and we'll come out better. I don't know. I still hear that. I don't even say it's generational because that's still being sold. The thing is, is that, yes, it wasn't a whole lie, right? Genuinely, if you have a, a college degree of some sort, your earning potential is higher than if you don't have a degree, right? So like right now, the average non-school or a high school diploma, no college, makes about 38,000, almost 39,000, right? If you have just an associate's degree, your average salary is going to be out $46,000. So yeah, but, okay, yeah look, you make more a, money, but you're, not, but you're no, much further that, but, into debt. But even that, that yeah, number isn't real. Like that, that's not, that's a skewed no, no, statistic. I, no, and, and, well, no, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, so technically it's true. No, no, I'm saying it's technically false. It's not even technically true because the idea of this average, yes, but again, that is a that is a that is a logical fallacy of a number. Point I'm making is that they like to use the average, but it's a way to pad statistics. What they're actually doing here is saying if you have a college degree on average, you'll earn X amount more dollars. And if that was the case, even with the debt, it would almost be something sellable. But the problem is it's just not true because what they're doing is saying, yes, so here's people who got a PhD and are earning six figures. Here's people who got a master's degree in a specific technical field and are earning six, seven figures. Here's people who got a, who, who are, you know, fucking millionaire lawyers, you know, plastic surgeons. I mean, people who, again, people who, ha, you know, have any degree that is a specific tailored degree that earns them a shit ton of money. And if you had a degree that didn't do shit for you, you're not earning less than someone without that degree. And so that's why it's a, it's a, it's a, it's even, even if we take the debt out, that idea that you earn more money on average, that you have a higher earning potential, even that, that is a lie that's been sold to us. Because again, if let's say there's three of us, right? One of us has a degree that earns a shit ton of money. One of us has a degree we got into debt for, earns us nothing. We never got into that field. And the other one's just a high school graduate who got into a job. The person whose degree does nothing for them and the person who just went to high school are still earning the same amount of money. The person with the bullshit degree didn't lose any money in salary. And so it just brings up the average because now you're averaging the person who makes an ass ton of money 
versus the person who makes the same money. And so it creates this false equivalency that both those guys with degrees are still averaging more than the guy without a degree. And that's a lie that's been sold to us. It, you know, and I think that's it's a really insidious one because like people know the lie of get a degree in underwater basket weaving and you'll be a billionaire. Like people know that's bullshit now. Uh, it's still being peddled, but I think that's more widely known. But almost everyone believes, but you'll still probably earn more money. And that's just not true at all. It's consulting. It's like being an actor. If you're an actor, you can earn a billion dollars. Sure, if you're the rock. Most actors make minimum wage as waiters. And it's not fair to say actors, on average, make this much money because you're averaging in the the exceptions to the rule. And I think no one really talks about that enough, that that we're sold from the top down, from colleges, from politicians, and even your grandma. Like, everyone says that lie that, on average, you make more money with this. And it's just not true. On average, you'll make more money if you're wise about your career choices. Well, and something else that's coming out is people are realizing now by choosing a vocation, which we've we've taken out of high schools. So it used to be vocational courses people would take, become carpenters, mechanics, things like that. And we've taken a lot of that out of high school now. Um, but a lot of these people that will go into a trade like that can make just as much money as somebody who – or more in some cases than somebody, more. Than, than somebody who has a degree. Yeah, I mean, look at Kay. He's got a trade and he's insanely successful because of it. And that's and it's almost funny, like we've almost reversed it. It used to be that like plenty of people knew a trade. There was a there was a plumber on every corner, you know, but only a few people had an advanced education. Now everyone's got advanced college degrees and no one knows how to yeah. fucking wire anything. And so now the sparkies and plumbers and machinists and and fucking metal workers and these guys, these are these guys are basically become craftsmen. And it's artisans actually funny. We've got a good we've got a good high demand. I mean, it's, it's not going to be representative of I mean, anything but Kay and I are actually interesting test cases for this because <laughs> Kay and I took very different career paths. Kay had a vocation. I went Absolutely. to college. Kay and I make about the same. In fact, Kay and I on since I've known him have always been pretty much neck and neck as far as how much we make and what kind of benefits we get. Pretty, yeah. Pretty close. Pretty and close. so and according to what everybody told me when I was growing up, Kay should be living in a trailer park somewhere, you know, make it just scraping to get by. And I should be living the life of a millionaire with five houses. Like that's the line that we were yeah. sold. And even if you're not on average, you'll still always earn yeah. more than Kay. Even though it's no, <laughs> if Kay makes good career choices, Kay's going to yeah. earn the goddamn money. There's a strategy to job hunting and, uh, advancing your career, right? So we used to, in this country, work for a company for 35 years, get the pension and retire, right? One company yeah. your entire life. Now, the best way to make more money in your chosen profession or career is to change jobs approximately every two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And the reason why is because the company that you work for is not going to see you as valuable and they're not going to give you the increases or the recognition that you actually deserve. And so the only way to make that, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15% increase from one year to the next, which is what you deserve versus that like 3% bullshit they're selling not everybody three, as a raise two. when you're, well, whatever, two or 3%. Yeah, well, inflation is what, seven? seven? Uh, inflation was, was seven oh, or eight this past go. year. And so 
every year that you don't make at least what inflation is, you're actually making less money. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to make that double inflation is to buy by changing jobs. But you'll get a gold watch. But younger people have started to realize this and understand this. And this is something that has uh, has started to happen more and more. That's why the Great Resignation is actually causing people to make more money because the jobs are out there. You just have to stop working at your current one and go find a new one. Mm-hmm. And it's scary and it sucks. Well, I think it's people learning to value themselves. I mean, one of the things, and and this is knowledge that I don't think is spread enough, but like at least one of the benefits that I had growing up is I was, was always taught, not by anybody other than my parents, that when I go into an interview, I need to understand that when they've called you for the interview, you've already passed on paper what they need. The interview is just is just yeah. a formality. All oh. you have to do is not F it up. And I was always trained to treat the interview as your chance to interview them. And that's how I've always approached it. And I do great at interviews. I've never had a problem with it. I've always walked out good. And I always know how to negotiate for myself. And I think a lot of people have never done that because they've always had this viewpoint of like they're lucky to get the job and therefore they're somehow endeared to their the, the people that hired them when it's actually the reverse those people are lucky they got you. They need to be kissing your ass and you need to, to, and I think at the end of the day, you hold way more power than a lot of these people uh, uh, want to admit they have. Understanding your value is extremely difficult. Absolutely, it is, but it's worth it. it. In my own job career, I have had a hard time doing that. And only with this last job change did i really realize like what i'm actually worth and i went out there and got it and and that's something we also need to talk about too is the equivalence of it that 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 always happens that isn't true is like okay for instance um i will be actually turning in my two-week notice at my current job when this podcast airs i have accepted another job i wasn't even hunting a an opportunity jumped into my lap and it's amazing. So I'm going to take it. And again, it's not even that like my current job is bad. There are things I hate about it. There's things I like about it. And I'm going to say on whole, the owner has actually treated me better than most owners of companies I've worked for. Um, However, this job is something that can help me with my future a lot. Uh, it offers free healthcare, it offers amazing benefits, it offers a good pay rate, and it offer, and it's working for a 501c3. You know, it's doing charity work. It's amazing. It's what's feeding homeless. It's going to be incredible. And it's going to be better for me in every way. And I'm going to leave, and I know it's going to upset the people I work for that I'm leaving, and I'm leaving them high and dry. And it's like... But remember, guys, you're, that's the deal. Your employer does that to the workers. When a worker is not working out, if they're not benefiting the company, they're let go without notice. And that's okay. That's how business works. But it works both ways. And you need to not you need to do what's right for you. And I'm not saying quit your job every week. But Kay's got a very good point that if you can move yourself around, if your employer is not valuing your work, and your worth and making a jump, even if it's scary or you feel like you're being unloyal, if it's better for your life, do it because that's the point, especially if you work for a big company, because it's not called mm-hmm. human best friends. 
It's called human resources because you are a resource. If you, especially, like I said, the larger the company, the more this becomes apparent. Work for a giant corporation and you will see that you are nothing more than a serial number and a serial number that is so easily replaced. You don't mean shit to them. And you need to do what's best for you because trust me, they're going to do what's yeah, best for It doesn't for matter them. how much you abuse you take and how much you refuse to quit because of some weird misguided sense of loyalty to a company that doesn't care about you. The moment the company finds it in their best interest to not have you employed, they will not have you employed. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I've ever worked for employers that actually gave a crap about me is when it was in um, nonprofit. Or it was yeah. a small company. These big companies yeah. you work for, guys, they don't yeah. they don't give a shit about you. If you work for a small company, you have a higher chance of having someone who might actually care because you'll be seen as a human being. If you work for a nonprofit, not always. Again, there's look at the fucking Salvation Army. Like you can work for nonprofits, but like if you work for a small time employer who can care about you, that's that's worth looking at. But never be afraid to leave your job at fucking Amazon, at Macy's, at, at whoever, Walmart. Name your employer. Even if you're an executive, even if you're high up in the chain, what do you think CEOs do? CEOs yeah. of major Fortune 100 companies bounce around constantly because it is what is in their best interest. And that's what you should do because you're living in a capitalist yeah. hellscape. And if you want to survive this capitalist hellscape, you must play the capitalists at their own Actually, game. I have a story. That's somebody close to me. I'm not going to say who because I actually think some of her coworkers listen to this podcast or some of our listeners. Um, but she's worked for this company for about six years. Uh, she's been given continuously more and more job duties and handles it phenomenally. They have all of her supervisors have said like, like they've actually panicked a couple of times when she asked to meet with them for just random things and they thought she was going to quit. Um, however, they have not given her a raise in three years. And so she got tired of it and said she wanted to hold a meeting, uh, asked for a raise, was told no, uh, asked for them to just pay for her phone and give her more vacation time, said no, and basically wouldn't meet her halfway on anything. So she decided to uh, put looking for a job on Indeed within a week, had three calls for interviews. Went on an interview this week that she looks like she's gotten. They're going to be paying her starting off 20000 more a year than what she currently makes. And this place is now going to lose her. Uh -huh. And this person is a vital resource at this company. She runs almost all of the business. And now they're going to be SOL because she I already told her, don't give them 30 days. Don't do that bullshit. You give them two weeks because that, that, no, that's it. That's all you need to. You give them your two weeks. Well, and technically you don't, In at least in the state of California, you don't even have to give two weeks notice. You don't have to give in any state. If not, if it's anything, if you have to give a notice, it's slavery. Uh, well, I mean. <laughs> you can walk from a job anytime you want in any state. I think that some states allow for contracts that require a certain amount of time. And you can still walk away. You may pay a fine, but no one can well, force you to work yes, unless you're in but, prison. And, and I don't disagree with that. But any small business... They did it before you and they'll do it again after you. So even if you work for that small company that really, really likes you and they treat you like a human being, uh, remember that they're the one paying you. You are valuable and they will continue on without you one way or the other. So mm -hmm. don't worry about it. And if you died tomorrow, they would immediately search for your replacement. That's absolutely correct. One of the most infuriating most infuriating 
examples I have is when I, and I promise we will move on. Yeah, this was a long segue, but I think it was, it was good discussion. Yeah. But I, I, I was the manager of a tech support call center for a home automation company, right? Um, uh, I'm not going to name their names. We'll just, we'll say it rhymes with fart labs, (laughs) but uh, the point is, (laughs) which is a better name anyway, this shithole of a company, um, they had me managing a tech support call center. Uh, one of our listeners is actually a buddy of mine. Uh, he listens regularly, and uh, he worked there too. Solid and dude. He's a good dude. And uh, what's up, bro? We love time. you. <laughs> but like this company um, would keep would hire would hire people, hired a whole staff of people, right? And then we couldn't keep people because our pay was shit. So they finally said, "Okay, we're going to raise the pay up by two bucks." Awesome. Not not for the currently employed employees. Only for new hires. And so I literally had people, I was hiring people who were not trained, did not know what they were doing at $2 an hour higher than my standard. And I went to the boss and like I had sort of, and I said, this is bullshit. And they said, well, it's just for right now. We're going to fix it. Don't worry. And I said, okay. And then a couple of employees were like, this is bullshit. We're going to walk. And I said, I don't fucking blame you, but let me try for you one more time. And I went to the boss. I was like, okay, hey, we got people who are about to quit and they're making $2 an hour less. Well, yeah, but if they want to have higher money, I need to see better performance out of them. I was like, they're already performing better than someone you're about to hire off the street, so what's the difference to you? You have someone who's already trained, who knows the job, who's good at the job. I guarantee they're going to come in every single day for their shift on time, sober, and do their job, and you cannot guarantee that about a new hire. They're already a better bet. Why will you not pay that? Oh, it's not in the budget. Then how is it in the budget when he quits and you replace him with someone more expensive who we have to retrain? And I couldn't get a straight answer, and they just didn't give a shit. And we literally lost employees, and uh, it wasn't long after that. That was kind of one of my final straws. I went and got another job. It took me about three days, and I quit on the spot um, because it was the most bullshit thing I had ever seen. But companies do that all the time is they will go ahead and start hiring new people at higher rates, but refuse to. And even if the old people will say that it's a common thing and I don't know where it is. It's a psychological thing. I don't know why employers refuse to see the value in their current employees, but it's, it's so weird because payroll, I know why they focus on it because it's one of the few overheads you can control but it's one of your cheapest overheads. If you're running a company, the rent on your corporate building is expenses. The, the expenses that you incur operating are insanely expensive. Putting people in chairs to do work for you is one of your cheapest expenses. And you could make your business run insanely better by upping that a tiny bit and showing some gratitude. And no one does it. And it's why we have what we have now. We have people who are in crippling debt. The government does not care. And they're all fucking resigning and moving around. And no one gives a shit anymore. And we have employers like, nobody wants to work. Nobody cares. Nobody's loyal. Because you're being treated like shit. People who are being really treated really well don't quit Loyalty is earned. If you want people to be loyal to you, you gotta yeah. sh- you gotta invest in them. You gotta show them that you're worth being loyal to. And if you don't do it, then you're not worth the loyalty. Fuck you. Be a better manager. And if you're treating people well and you're paying them well, they don't leave. Nope. Nope. Because no one else is offering a better deal. Like that's the thing. It's like all you have to do is offer a better deal, and you'll keep people. But nobody wants yeah. to do that. It's this race mm-hmm. to the bottom, and that's what capitalism gives us. Capitalism shows us that nothing will ever happen faster than the exploitation yeah. of human labor. That's the name of the game, even though it doesn't make any sense. Even though it harms the economy, it harms the company, and it doesn't even save them much money. 
they will shoot themselves in the foot to save five cents. It's penny wise pounds. It's, it's not even it's saving how they five cents because it's like they'll they'll justify the slashing of, of um, employee wages to save money and then turn around and just fill, funnel that money right back up to CEOs and investors. Stock yeah, like buybacks. Three times over, ten times over, hundred times over, like whatever money they're saving, it's not going to, to, to any kind of savings. It's just going back in the pockets of the people that run the show. This goes all the way to the top, but this is where we spill it back into politics because that's exactly what yeah. Biden's doing. He's asking for thirty-three billion dollars to throw at Ukraine, a situation that has nothing to do with the United States and is actually being exacerbated by this. This war would have been over already. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the war is good. I'm not happy that Russian tanks are shooting people. But at the end of the day, nothing gets a war going faster than pouring weapons into it. We're fighting a proxy war against Russia again. And the fact that we're willing to dump our entire economy into this proxy war, it's Vietnam all over again. Only at that point, it was a cheap shot to get votes and to keep in power and to keep the boogeyman of communism alive. This time, it's not even about that. It's America's dwindling. It's falling apart. Our economy's in tatters. We had a, a huge pandemic, and it was already while our capitalist system was failing. And so now we are competing with company, countries like India, China, countries that are wiping us off the face of the earth in both industry and service sector work. They are the powerhouses. And now the only way we're going to get, we're going to keep above water is by knocking players off the board. Russia had a big economy, wasn't the biggest in the world, it's nowhere near ours, but still enough. And they have an insane amount of natural resources. And the whole point was to tank their economy. It's why it started in 2014. And this has all been a giant grab of competing economies. It's why China's on their side. You know, you don't, you don't see Iran joining NATO. This is an economic issue. This is a banking issue. It's where it's always been. And we are paying the bill for it. It's coming out of your taxpayer money. You are paying taxes to be funneled into another country while people are homeless and starving and dying without health care yep. here. And and don't forget, like, you know, to, to kind of tie everything together a little bit more, you know, we're talking about, you know, college and things like that. This guy that's funneling this money into this country and his war campaigned on a promise to forgive $50,000 in student loan debt. That that was a campaign promise. Here we are two years in, and the best anybody's been able to get is um, delaying what Trump did, or, or, or continuing what Trump did, I'm sorry, with, with delaying payments and interest uh, accumulating. And that's it. And he keeps pushing it back and keeps pushing it back. And he recently went on record saying that $50,000 is not in consideration anymore. He's thinking about forgiving something, but I, I don't think it's going to be a flat, like everybody who's got student loan gets $10,000 off. I don't think it's even going to be that. It's going to be a select few. And right as midterms yeah. are coming up, like that's the other thing to recognize is he's had time to do this and hasn't cared. He's actually complete. I mean, he, as soon as he was in office, he completely yep. reversed his position and said, no, it's not going to happen. Greed is good. And now all of a sudden midterms are coming up and boy, the Republicans are going to fucking clean house. The Democrats yep. are in deep shit. The Republicans are oh, yeah. very much against them, very aligned. And the Democratic Party is shattered because of what Biden and Pelosi and them have done. And even like, it's not Schumer. Who is it? Who's the one who's actually been publicly fighting with Biden? 
Is it Schumer? No, it is it's not Schumer. Schumer. No, it's Schumer. Schumer's actually gone uh, real. Because yeah. here's the thing. Like, Schumer's. Schumer's like, we're going to lose the well, election and, and if we he's, don't do like, this. Like, here's the thing. The rumor is, is that AOC's gunning for Schumer's spot. And Schumer knows it. Uh, he's gone. He's gone really left the last couple of years because I think he's in danger of losing his position because people don't want Pelosi anymore. They, they they want, I mean AOCs, and again I'm I'm saying that knowing full well that even AOCs got problems too, but I mean we need someone who's an actual leftist to represent the left, and we don't have that. We have a few, you know, center left nuggets <laughs> in, in, in what is otherwise a soup of you know center right conservatism. Yeah. We've got a handful of liberals in a pile of conservativeness calling yeah, themselves yeah. leftists. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> yeah. blows me away. And here, here's the thing, too. I think the reason why he keeps delaying it is because he wants to wait. The Dems want to wait to the very last minute. This is their ace in the hole, is this loan forgiveness. If there's even a chance they can win and stifle uh, the Republicans making big leaps or gains without doing it, they absolutely will. That's why they're postponing this. Well, right now, the most recent one is August. So, And again, again, not to get too tinfoil heady, but that's also the joy of Ukraine. It's a war. Nothing is better for the incumbent party yeah. than war. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at what our State Department's done for propaganda and use, use Ukrainian flags everywhere. Every major news source, not Fox News, of course, because they're going to be opposed to anything the Democratic Party does, but Turn on CNN, MSNBC, BBC, and it's all oh, Ukraine. Oh, Putin man bad. Oh, my God. Put a Ukrainian flag in your sticker. You know, Slava Ukraine. And it's just this, it's become the new, what is it? It's just the yeah. Charlie thing. Like, how did that start? You know, standing with the French and doing it's It's that's, and it, it's, you know, what's fucked up. You know what I absolutely hate is, is the right wingers have this meme going around. And it's and it's a it's a you know it's a blank human head and it's you know the Facebook profile picture and it says I support the current thing and it's got like a Ukrainian flag and a, and a LGBTQ flag and it's got all these other things behind it. Just I support the current thing and it's like you know what you know what's really fucked yep. up? They're right. That is what liberals are. Liberals support the current thing. Oh oh, it's Pride Month. I care about gay people suddenly. Oh, it's Black History Month. Okay, Martin Luther King's cool today. That, that's what it is. it is. It is selective activism, and it's not even activism. It's pontificating your own greatness. It is it is patting yourself on the back, and that's what the liberals in this country do. And I hate the right-wingers are totally spot on with it. That's why are. I stopped using those stupid Facebook frames and shit like that, because all it is is just a jerk-off session. It's just your way of announcing to the world how amazing you are and trying to get free liberal points on the internet. Again, what's, what's, what's the term for it? Thank you, thank you, Kay. It's exactly. performative. That's all it's it is. Performative activism. And virtue signaling. That's the other term I was looking for. It's virtue yeah. signaling. That's all it is. Um, and Biden is absolutely – it's one of the reasons I think he's pumping all this money into is not only are we doing a war to help our own economy, but again, there's the rally around the leader effect. Sure. The leftists and the right-wingers see it for what it is, but the liberals are just like, thank you, Mr. President. Kamala's such a girl boss. Oh, my God. And everyone's just fucking gung-ho. Ukraine's so cool. I mean, look at this. We got Biden to say, you know what? The COVID thing's not an issue anymore because, you know, pandemic's <laughs> over now. Um, As the numbers are spiking. It doesn't again. exist anymore. Uh, nope, nope. Get back to work. Work or die, peasant. Um yeah, it doesn't matter if we got 100,000 more cases. It doesn't matter. Taking the masks off was a good thing. Doesn't matter. Stopping stopping free testing, great thing. Don't worry. Soon the vaccines won't be free anymore either. 
That's fucking coming. And it's coming soon. And anybody but, who doesn't have insurance won't get one. Yep. Because, you know, insurance is tied to employment. Get a better job, peasant. But there's money for Ukraine. And he used this he used this taking away of the COVID issue to exit the title, whatchamacallit, the thing that was stopping uh, Mexican title immigration 42. at the border. Yep. Yeah, Title 42. By the way, it's still going to apply to Mexicans. He's just letting Ukrainians through the border because white people yeah. don't have coronavirus, apparently. Nope. White people are fine. We don't have a problem with white immigrants. And he was like, no, it's not about race. It's about the southern border. It's like, then how come Ukrainians are allowed to pour over the southern border and over any border? We happily let Ukrainians fly into the country now. He's opening all the floodgates because they're fucking white. Why is the southern border the big one? Why is it only brown people at the southern border that deserves our attention? I've still yet to have anybody coherently answer this question without some form of racist bullshit against Hispanic people. Like that that's literally the only thing they've got. Brown people scare me, therefore Southern because border. That's the only you, you know you know what uh, Californians love to brag about is how they didn't have Jim Crow laws and they didn't have black segregation. Guess what we had? We had Mexican segregation. That is right. Yeah. Mexican kids and white kids could not go to school together in the 50s. They had to have segregated Latino schools. That is a fucking thing that nobody talks about because the racism towards black people is overt. The racism towards Latin people tends to be more about security. And again, obviously, things like crime, justice, law and order are always dog whistles to go against black and brown. Always. They are white nationalist dog whistles. Anytime someone says law and order, just just recognize the fucking fascist you're talking to. But that's what's used against them. God, look at in World War Two. I mean, everyone's heard of the, you know, there was a song about it wasn't about that. They stole the name. Remember the Zoot yep, Suit Riot yep. song? Yep. The Zoot Suit Riots were a real thing. Happened in San Diego. Mm-hmm. A bunch of sailors. We, we didn't let Mexicans who weren't born here serve. Right. And so what you had was a whole bunch of Mexican dudes hanging out because they couldn't serve in the war. And all the white dudes, all the white sailors came back and were super pissed. Um. And they saw Mexican dudes in nice zoot suits. And so begun shooting, killing, beating. Uh, There were mass rapes, murders, tortures. Um, There were actually several women who were raped by white sailors who were then arrested and charged for indecency because they were raped. Um, And nobody cared. Nobody did anything. Brown and Latinx people are always going to be persecuted in the United States. It's just different. It's not chattel slavery, but it's still imprisonment. It's still incarceration. And it's now moving on to you're not allowed to exist on this land. And we're closing the border. What is the difference between a refugee from Honduras or Chile or, you know, Guadalajara versus or El Salvador versus a refugee from Ukraine? What's the fucking difference? Color of skin. Yeah. It's the only one. (laughs) That, That that's it. Well, and, and here, you know? it doesn't even go into like the political thing because both of them are refugees because of bullshit the U.S. did. Like, like we uh-huh. created the refugees in both countries and then decided that one set of refugees was okay to take it and the other set was no, no, no. Next time someone calls you a Russian bot, ask them what their opinion on Yemen is or on Syria or on Palestine. Yeah, I- Palestine they may have actually heard of, but Yemen and Syria, all these liberals who wave Ukrainian flags. Didn't Israel just just bombs uh, Syria recently, like the last day or two? Uh, Israel bombs whoever we don't like. 
Um, but Israel ha- did uh, attack and kill people at mosques at the start of Ramadan because that's what Israel does. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, if boy, if you, if you have a problem with Ukraine, you should really see what we're funding over in Palestine. It's the same thing, but way worse because it's actually a genocide. The, the Israelis have no interest in fighting a NATO incursion. They're literally trying to wipe a race and culture off the planet. That is the goal. Yemen, the, the Saudis are also carrying out an ethnic fucking cleansing that we are paying for and supplying. But you don't fucking care about that. Syria? Us and the Russians have been fighting over who gets to fund which side of that civil war, which is causing the greatest amount of refugees in human history. But they're not allowed in. But white people in Ukraine getting hurt by bad man Putin, now that's something I can put in my profile pic. That's something I'll care about because they're fucking white. And anybody who gives a shit about Ukraine but doesn't care about Syria or Yemen, you're a fucking hypocrite. And you have been choking down propaganda and you need to take a good, hard look at why you care about one and not the other. Because chances are it's not even racism. Chances are you care about it because you were told to care about it. Because you were peer pressured into caring about it. Because you watched propaganda on state news telling you to care about it. Think and the, more but the propaganda is effective. That's the thing. It's like you see here. Here's the thing. Highly. Here's the fact. Putin absolutely invaded another country. And mm-hmm. if you see the pictures, it's fucking horrendous. What's happening? Russians, yeah, Russians do, that do that sometimes. <laughs> but if you take a step back and look at what's happening over there and compare it literally to any other war that's happened ever, it's no different. These kinds of things happen. Oftentimes they're happen. They're happening because the U.S. is doing it to the other country. And so that's where you got to pull yourself outside. Yes, it is very easy to look at what's happening in Ukraine and be like, well, that's fucked up. I feel bad for those Ukrainian people. That's great. You have empathy. I feel that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have empathy. What I am saying is you should also have perspective. You should understand nuance. You can have empathy for people. And yeah, the Ukrainian people as a whole, that sucks. But why is this happening? Who started it? Do the Ukrainians have a whole fucking regimented uh, platoon of fucking Nazis that are fighting for them? Yes, they do. Is that a good thing? No, it's not. Maybe we should take a hard look at that. You know, is Putin an imperialist dictator? Yes, absolutely. Is that a good thing? No, it's not. Is the U.S. kind of just like him? A little bit. <laughs> like, bit. It, it, and I think that's one of the main things. It's like, yes, Putin's a shit heel. I hate him. But being an American, I kind of don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to criticizing an imperialist dictator because it's all we've pretty much had. The only difference between us and them is we elect our dictator every four to four years. Obama flattened Libya because he didn't like Gaddafi for no other reason. We did it for literally we did it for funsies. Also because they wouldn't join our banking syndicate. But the point is we did it for no good fucking reason. And nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. Putin goes into Ukraine, you care. Obama flattens fucking Libya and, and assassinates Gaddafi, yeah, no one gives a no, shit. No, there are we enemies. Over so Iraq, when we do it no to our enemies, it's okay. We're yeah. fighting the bad guys. We fund <laughs> we fund two sides of a Syrian civil war so people slaughter each other for corporate profit and, and military budget? Totally cool. But Putin shoots tanks, it's a problem. And again, you can criticize both. You can say both are wrong, but don't fucking stand on stolen native land on a nation that committed a genocide a century ago and sit here and say that that's a bad thing. On a, a nation that currently funds all the humanitarian crises that are currently going on. 
the United Nations actually condemns every single one of the things we support. Well, I mean, and, and taking it back even on a smaller scale, like we've had issues with, with this idea of nuance in other things. I mean, was it last week or just last week? We had one of our listeners, Canox Socialist. Love her. She's great. But like there was a lack of understanding on the nuance in Chris's position with um, uh, the DSA because you can think the DSA has good elements within it and still be critical of the organization as a whole. That's what nuance is. And we need to be critical of everything. You can't have sacred cows. Be critical of the things you support. Yeah. I am. Uh, even the people and organizations I support, I am pro being critical against. I mean, you should be. If you think something's great. God, I supported Bernie fucking Sanders. I thought Bernie Sanders is awesome. Bernie Sanders has now twice folded faster than a lawn chair every time the Democratic Party told her to. I will no longer support or run for Bernie fucking Sanders. And he wasn't yeah. even my guy. Like, He's a democratic socialist, not my jam at all. Super ineffective. It's bourgeoisie socialism. But I was willing to stomach that to get something across and even just to get a capitalist out of power. But even that couldn't happen. And so I'm critical of it. And people are like, oh, well, you just it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be critical of someone who falls back on their ideals and falls short. And you should be critical of your own nation and your own causes and things you support and be critical all the time of everything especially if you believe in it because as carl sagan said if it can be destroyed by the truth it deserves to be destroyed by the truth absolutely truth absolutely do we have anything in the mailbag matt a couple of uh, small things uh one shout out to kaylee uh who gave us a shout out on twitter because we were having that discussion last week about pop and soda and she was very apparently very offended <laughs> that I did not like the use of pop. And you know what? I stand by it, Kaylee. Pop is a fucking stupid term for soda. You know, I, I'll go with Coke. It I'll is. go with Pepsi. I understand that they're not the same thing, but those two companies are like one of the top five oldest soda makers in the country. I understand people generaliz generalizing all soda with them. I actually think we should What's compromise. Uh, I think we should get rid of pop and soda and just start fucking calling cola. cola. I, but I'm good with cola too. Cola's great. Cola makes sense. Yeah. What? Why pop? Because it was fizzy and people were like, oh, it's popping. And that's how it stuck? I mean, why soda? Because that's yeah. sodium? Like, to be fair, like, sodas. Uh, here's the thing, and I'm with you. I don't like the name pop. I think pop's lame. I think soda's better. But I will also admit that it's got no more strength in it than using well, the word pop because it's not like GIF and JIF. I mean, but again, if we're going to go with that way, Pepsi is because one of the ingredients was Pepsi something or other. Coca-Cola is, is only Coca-Cola because it used to have Coke in it. I, like I Pepsi was actually literally just a pep thing. I could be wrong. No, I have no no, idea. I was, that's what I assumed. Uh, it used to be like Dr. Grant's or some weird shit like that. Um, yeah. But it was rebranded um, uh, because of there's uh, – there's some ingredient called Pepsi something, and the guy took the Pepsi part of that and rebranded it from that. The only Dr. Soda I'll go for when I need to quench my thirst is powerful. I go to my local Walmart, reach for the thunder. Dr. Thunder. It's the only doctor worth drinking. I usually go for the Diet Dr. K. Oh, nice. There is nice. actually a soda. There, there is. is. That's right. Dr. K. That's a, that's a Kroger brand, isn't it? It is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a Kroger yeah, brand. Kroger yeah. brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, thanks for, thanks for reaching out, Kaylee. Uh, I stand by my anti-pop stance. Uh, this is a hill I will die on. Fuck pop. Soda or Coke, get with it. 
so there's that. And then the other thing I just want to do, quick announcement, reminder to everyone, um, we are getting close to our next listener bonus. We are three subscribers oh, away from the next three massages. Bo- yep, three massages. Three away. Um, if we get no three, three massages. Oh, yeah, massages. We're, we're, we're going to give out some uh, free quantum massages. Though. All right, then. Yes. There we, we go. We have to give out a free quantum massage. So, but please s- send us out to your friends. Tell everyone about us. Spread the alt-left goodness. If anything, you may not disagree. You may disagree with us, but you can always email us and tell us why. And then, you know, we'll control the entire conversation and tell you why you're stupid. But still, you get to interact with us. So there's that. Yeah, I don't I don't. I don't know how we get well over 100 downloads and nobody wants to talk to Matt. Yeah. It makes me sad. <laughs> the uh, man is lonely. I am so lonely. So, so lonely. All by but. <laughs> that was uh, that was the golden pipes of Dr. K. <laughs> um, but thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate it. So uh, remember. Uh, Democrats don't care about you financially. They don't care about kids in fucking cages. Um, They don't care about humanity, and neither do Republicans. Both sides are awful. Criticize your side. Don't pick left. Don't pick right. Don't pick blue. Don't pick red. Actually, no, always pick left. But don't pick red or blue. Don't get caught up in party rhetoric, and don't get caught up in performative activism just because somebody tells you to. Think for yourselves. It's the only gift they can't take away from you. You will always have the ability to think critically and introspectively and act with justice and care and compassion. And if you can just put any amount of effort into that, you're doing better than most. So keep it up. We love you guys. You are wonderful. And we will see you next week. And remember, until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And remember, the revolution is you. 